be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. <laughs> uh, but we have a great lineup for you guys tonight. We're going to get started in just a few minutes. Please, in the interim, enjoy Floating Goat, as you do all the time. They have a new double LP coming out right now, so you guys should go support them in that. And uh, Viva Floating Goats. We'll be back in just a minute. The Fantastic County Clubhouse, here on Mutiny Radio.
welcome. Welcome to Pam Tassie's Comedy Clubhouse. We have an incredible show for you guys tonight. It's all the single ladies and dudes. I am not single, but I'm going to warm you guys up because that's what a good host does. Warms the cockles. Warms all the cockles. That's what a good host does. Yay! Uh, guys, I have been meaning to tell people. Well, I haven't been. I've been hiding it for a long time. I've been in the closet. Uh, I'm a socialist. You guys might know that or might not. I'm not. That's not what I'm in the closet about. I'm very vocal about that. Uh, but I do have a secret. I don't have a. I don't have screens at my house. I don't like TV. I don't really participate in that at all. Uh, but my secret is that I love Survivor. See how I got quiet on that? Because I'm still embarrassed about it. I, I should say it louder. I love Survivor! I want, I've always wanted to be on Survivor ever since I was a young person that saw this reality TV thing and I was like, holy shit. I can't imagine anything better uh, than hanging out on a, a paradisical island uh, with a bunch of people I hate doing physical challenges competition. What I'm telling you guys is that I want to go to summer camp for narcissists. That's what I want to do. I want to go. I want to talk. I want to talk to the, to the thing. I want to cry. I want to be the loose cannon. Do you see? I know exactly how I'm going to be cast. I am the loose cannon. I will cry constantly. I can do push-ups. I used to play basketball. I've got great balance. Survivor, please choose me. Jeff Probst. I'm going to start praying to Jeff. Dear Jeff Probst, when I go, choose me. Choose me. I do. I want to be on Survivor. I'm sorry, I just admitted that to everybody in the world. I shouldn't say that kind of shit out loud. Yeah, I watch, I watch four shows on TV. I watch Survivor, I watch Cutthroat Kitchen, which is amazing. Uh, I watch Westworld, and I watch, I know, Westworld is blowing my fucking mind. Philosophical, so philosophical. I'm like, this show is smarter than me, and I love it. Uh, Dolores for life, uh, no. And uh, then also, I, I know, no, I love it when she says that. It makes me laugh so hard. No. Uh, I don't know about Wyatt yet. We haven't gotten close with him. But uh, the other show that I watch is uh, Shameless uh, because I really like a good soap opera. And uh, especially one where everyone's fucking all the time. I'm like, do they do anything else other than have sex on the show? That's all they do. They just, Shameless, it's just people having sex. Oh, drugs and sex. It's, it's just like my life. It's so good. That's why I love it so much. It's a soap opera. And just everybody gets caught by the police. I'm like, how do you guys get caught by the police so much? I never see them. You guys are white. Like, you're still getting caught by the police? What are you doing wrong? Uh, I'm poor, too, and it still doesn't seem to affect. Uh, yay, abortion! Can we all agree that abortion is awesome? Especially for poor people. No, what I mean by that is me. Uh, I'm really nervous about the whole Trumpy thing, because if it actually happens, I mean, I'm barely responsible enough to have a cat. Do you see, I, I can't have a dog because they, I can't. I, I, I didn't even have a cat for a while. I had lizards and I traded them in for a cat because I was like, can I keep these things alive? I, I could, so then I got a cat, I'm keeping it alive. The point is I can't keep a baby alive. There's no possible way that I could do that without being paid because I'm a nanny. So like, why would you hang out with a child if you're not getting paid $20 an hour? Like, what's the point of that? But so I don't really want to, you know, I'm a 42-year-old woman, and, I, and if they repeal Roe v. Wade and they make me have a baby, I am the last person that you want to have having a baby unless you really want to support special education programs because that's what, if you love special education teachers, I'm going to have a baby, <laughs> all right? 
I'm 42. After 36, Down syndrome grows way up. And I'm telling you, autism, <laughs> I'm not one of those rich cunts in the mission that has had her life and then decides at 42, I'm going to have a baby now. See, I can't afford an autistic baby. They can. So it's, do you see the difference? No, it's fine. I nanny for all of them. I nanny for like three autistic children. And I'm saying all the moms are over 40. And I'm like, really? Did we all add to this? I will not, I will not add... And this is the thing, I'm a narcissist, but not so much that I feel like my genes need to be in the gene pool. Nay, let's not spread all of this, like, dysfunction. I have, like, my grandma was a, a schizophrenic, and they say it, it, it skips a generation. And I'm like, is that me? <laughs> Just because I live in dream world of no reality where I don't pay taxes and I don't have a real job, does that mean that I'm schiz... Maybe. I, I don't really know what the DSM-7 now says about it, but I think I'm just, I think I'm just manic. What, what does it say? Seven. Five. It's on five? I thought it was on seven. I was like, DSM, I'm on the, I'm on the fifth dark tower now, and I feel like that's, I'm on my way to being to the DSM five, because I'm reading, I'm slogging my way through the dark tower. My God, Susan Delgado, why did you have to kill her like that? Sorry, I'm just so, I'm like, really? Oh, it was in book four. If you haven't gotten that far, before even the first book started. I know, it's crazy. He's an insane person. Uh, sorry, I love Stephen King. I'm writing a syllabus right now uh, about Stephen King. Uh, by the end of the year, I will have read every single thing that he's ever written. All I have left are Dark Tower 5, 6, and 7, The Talisman, and uh, Under the Dome. So by the end of the year, yay, I'm going to know Stephen King better than all of you. Yay. I love reading. See, because I don't have a TV, so it all goes back to that. I don't have a TV, so all I do is sit around and read with my cat. I also masturbate with my cat, but that's not here nor there. My cat masturbates with me. What I'm saying is when I'm sitting on the couch, he likes this one blanket, and he comes up to it, and he just kind of like does this kitty thing, and I like pet him because I love my cat, and I see he's having a good time, and I want to help him along, and he's doing this thing, and then I flip him over, and this tiny piece of wetness came out to the end of his darling little pink kitty crayon. You know what I'm saying? The cute little tiny pink kitty crayon came out and then a little bead of wetness came to the end. And I was like, oh no, in slow motion as it lands on my couch. There's a wet spot on my couch. It's cat cum. Do you know what cat cum smells like? Nothing. It smells like nothing. Do not be afraid of your cat's cum. He's, I, and his balls were chopped off years ago, so I don't even know what this stuff is. It's like, it's whatever that, it's seminal fluid. I don't even know if he has a vas deferens anymore. I think they cut that off. I don't know how that works with cats. Uh, all I know is this, circumcision, his choice, his decision. Stop chopping off the tops of your baby's dicks. I'm really proud of these new parents that I nanny for because they have two children that are boys and they did not, uh, mutilate their children's genitals, which makes me really happy. Also, I get touch, I get paid to touch baby dicks, which is a lot of fun for me. <laughs> like, yeah, clean out all that schmegma. You put the 18-month-old in the bathtub. They'll take care of it themselves. Don't worry about that. Uh, but I don't understand why have women been chopping off the tips of their baby's dicks in America? Like, why? Now, I'm a Jew. Like, I get it. We've got a covenant with Yahweh. We've got, we're fine. We're like, we give you the tips of our baby's dicks, but why are all these like rich white American women mutilating their children's genitals? Like, what is what is what is God doing with those foreskins? Is he like putting them on his fingers like olives and just like eating them up? Is he using them as croutons on his salad? I don't know. Maybe he puts them in a skin box and he saves them because he's a weirdo. I don't know. I don't care. But what I'm saying is, I'm really glad that we've stopped doing that. I guess now, yay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a, I mean, I'm trying to work out a new kind of dick joke. Do you see? It's like a whole new it's a baby dick joke. All right. This is Pam Dad's Comedy Clubhouse. We always sing a song before we get started. If you know how it goes, sing along. If you don't, you'll get it. And you'll sing along with us. 
M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse. Comedy Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high High, high, high <coughs> <coughs> That white Wookiee is the shit, man M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! I am so excited for tonight's show because it is all single comedians, so I hope you came single because you could just take home a comedian. It's like five bucks at the door, you get a pot treat, and you get to take home a comedian. This sounds like a fun show. Your first comedian is a lovely human being. I can't believe she's single. I'm like, hello. Uh, you, like, it's, it just, it, we'll see the caliber of tonight with what happens with the single people, but coming up front, you guys, a fine specimen, a fine filly, if you will. Put your hands together for Louisa is back. I've never been compared to a juvenile horse. That's <laughs> high praise. Um, hello. For everyone on the radio, there's a small dog, a small dog walking around the room. This dog makes me so nervous. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because he's so nervous. Um, yeah, being single is cool. You get to do a lot of things. Um, you get catcalled when you're single. Uh, that's, that's a thing that only happens when you're single. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, yeah, I, I got catcalled a couple times on my way walking here, which isn't a brag. It's just an integral part of the female experience. And I'm a little conflicted about how I feel about it because I'm walking and this guy yells at me, hey girl, hey girl, you sturdy. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to be like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm what? And he was like offended that I didn't hear him the first time. So he was like, I said you sturdy, like a shed. <laughs> Which, is a really interesting simile. I <laughs> never been compared to a shed, and I think I think it's great because um, it's you know all I want to be in this life is a sturdy woman, and that's why I was so conflicted about it because I'm like I, as much as I hate catcalling, it's not as much as I just love being just a good strong bitch. So <laughs> uh, so I don't feel bad about it. Uh, he did get a little freaked out when I was like, oh yeah, like you prove it. Like you wanna come try and knock me over? And he was like, mm. and he's now then he was like the one who needed an adult. Um, yeah, I don't think he left the interaction feeling pretty good about it. So I'm glad I could really flip the script. Um, yeah, being single. So I was in a relationship for almost two years and uh, it was great, wonderful person, no ill will. It just wasn't working out. Um, so the relationship ended, it was my call. I thought, what better way to celebrate some women go to the salon, cut off all their hair. I was like, I'm gonna go to the gyno, just like, I don't know, get the works or whatever the car wash <laughs> equivalent is of getting a gynecological exam. And the, the online program, whatever it is I used to book my appointments, you can just book earliest available provider. And so I did. And I noticed as I was going in that morning that it was a guy's name, um, right? which is probably fine. I was like, oh, I've never had a guy do this exam before, but you know, it's his job. It's like a dentist looking at mouths. It's just, <laughs> this is what he chose for himself. This, he's uh, finding his bliss <laughs> in my vagina. Um, and so I went in and I was, and I'm thinking as I go and I have one last doubt. I'm like, you know, is this gonna be weird? No, it's his job, it's what he went to school for. It is only weird if it's their first time. 
ever performing the exam, which you only know if they tell you as you come in, this is my first time doing this exam. <laughs> it's like, number one, why would you tell me that? <laughs> uh, number two, great, so I am your first non-cadaver. <laughs> this is an honor. Uh, and it starts out all right. Um, the, f the foreplay of the gynecological exam is when they check your breast tissue for lumps and he's just like, please unbutton this gown with sheet printed on it <laughs> and I'm not gonna make eye contact as I feel around. Um, so that was great for me. <laughs> and then he's like going to work on the main part. Um, and like ladies in the room, you guys probably know that a pap, the actual like in and out um, portion shouldn't take longer than 30 seconds. He was down there for 14 minutes <laughs> figuring out like which wire to cut or I just, I don't, I can't <laughs> really understand what was taking so long and meanwhile, and it's like, it's hard to like for so long um, and I'm just like feeling the heat from his temple like radiating in my kneecaps and just like, he's like breathing really heavy and I'm like, mm, should we like get a female nurse in here to like take a look? And he's like, I got it. Um, you know, you know when, and I think this is applicable to men and women, but like maybe skewed more towards women, when, you know how you can tell when a partner has like never provided an orgasm for like someone ever before it translates in a medical setting as well. I was just like, oh, this isn't this poor guy. Uh, and then he says this thing that like, I don't think you should ever say to anyone, but especially not if you're their provider, don't freak out. But it's <laughs> so obviously my legs are just like snap shut around this guy's neck. His Jufro is becoming slick with my thigh perspiration. Um, it's a really s scary moment for everyone involved. <laughs> Things are like flying off the table. And he frees himself from my grasp and he's like, I told you not to freak out. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're when you're like, oh, when you're like forearm deep trying to like f find my uterus, I can't help but be a little concerned. And that was the concern. He couldn't find my uterus, which is so vexing <laughs> in its own way. Uh, he went to school for four years to do this. Hello, small dog in the studio for the listeners. Um, yeah, and it was just so troubling. And then he like proceeded to, and eventually he found it and he did what he needed to do just like 20 minutes later. And then he proceeded to mansplain my own uterus to me. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, it's like, uh, it's like concave or like inverted or whatever. Like, no, it's not because all the other times I've had this, this has just not been a problem. But the, I think the cherry just on top of like this just really unfortunate Sunday was that a week later I was on Bumble and I see him. <laughs> and quick backstory, my history with dating apps, uh, I hate them, I hate them all equally, they're all horrible. Um, usually what happens is I download them all uh, for like an eight hour period, just sort of like shame spiral and like exclusively swipe left until I see someone I know and that's the only time in which I'll swipe right because I think it's a great way to reconnect with a buddy um, <laughs> and so I see this guy and I'm like oh funny he was my he was my gynecologist and his description is a uh, physician's assistant and I'm like he's not even a fucking doctor which is fine you know 
PAs are people too. Um, and so I swipe right because I've met him. And then we matched and I freaked the fuck out and threw my phone across the room, ran, retrieved it, deleted all my dating apps again. This happens several times a week. This is my <laughs> relationship with dating apps. Um, yeah. So that was the last action, bit of action that I got. Um, how much time do I have, Pam? Okay, great. We're doing great. Um, so I think uh, deleting your dating apps mid-conversation with someone's a good way to let someone know you're not interested. <laughs> but uh, there are other ways, too. One that I really hate is ghosting. I think it's stupid. I think people that ghost on people and call it ghosting are idiots because they don't know shit about ghosts. <laughs> it's not the way they work. Uh, they come back. That's their whole deal. So jokes on you, fuckers. <laughs> no, I think uh, I just think that's a rude thing to do. I think there are better ways to communicate to someone you're not interested. I think one of them is uh, next time you're hooking up with that person, wait until they're going down on you. And when they look up to make like affirmative eye contact, just make it really apparent that you're doing a hard level Sudoku. <laughs> just fully engrossed. And they will have gotten the message and you will have been courteous enough to do it in person. So good on you, you are a good person. Uh, I think, uh, oh, there's a really interesting thing that I learned uh, because of a friend. Uh, if you need to let someone know that they might have an STI and that they should like go get checked out, there are services that can get in touch with them on your behalf, send them an anonymous letter or an email, letting them know where to go, where to get testing, they can get free education. And I imagine that's just like getting the most bummer Hogwarts letter of all <laughs> time. I wish there was a way to send that as like an e-card um, <laughs> where you take their profile picture and like superimpose it on the body of an elf, like dancing to Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega. <laughs> I'd personally be pretty stoked to get that because I think it's impossible to be upset listening to Lou Bega. Um, yeah, Halloween just happened. Uh, did anyone do anything spooky? I played a really spooky prank on myself where I got too drunk and I hit up not one but two of my coworkers uh, over text message in a sexual way. <laughs> and then I, I do this thing where I think that uh, present Louisa is helping out future Louisa by deleting all my text message threads before I go to bed, which is, yeah, doing myself a solid. And then I get to work Monday morning, open my computer, iMessage repopulates. <laughs> And it's just like getting blasted in the face with the ghosts of Halloween past. Um, it's like the scene in Ghostbusters with Slimer, except instead of ectoplasm, it's just regret and like fuckboy acronyms. <laughs> like you up and like W-Y-D, what you doing? Except they're, <laughs> except I'm the fuckboy. So thanks guys. I've been Lisa Spell. This has been fun. She is a single person. I can't believe it. What a charming and intelligent individual. You can hit her up on Bumble until she deletes it. She, you have you have 12 minutes. Your shit's it's it's gone. You can't you can't find her. You can find her on Facebook. Uh, but you probably can't. I don't know what you can do on Facebook. I mean, I guess you can actually. It's like the same thing, right? It's just the cheapest dating platform, but no one pays attention to it. I don't know how Facebook works. Right, except everything else, you're explicitly there to fuck. Is that how it works these days? I am so glad that I am not single. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I don't have a smartphone. I could never date. Your next comedian is a lovely. There he is. Uh, I love your NASA jacket. Wow. Trying to get chicks in this. Pretending he's in the astronaut program. Yeah. What other lies does he tell the ladies? I don't know. He's still single. He hasn't been lying to one long enough to keep her. You guys, uh, I like to pretend that he's my uh, the soul of my aborted child because he is a young man with my same last name. Put your hands together, everybody, for Miles Benjamin. What's up? What y'all like to do? Yeah, I got this jacket. It's tight, right? I just got it for the patches, like, I don't know shit about space. I mean, I've been there, like, while tripping, but, like, <laughs> it's another story. It's another story. Um, so, yeah, y'all have a good Halloween. I know that was, like, four days ago, but I'm still talking about it. Um, that's one of the downsides of being single on Halloween is, like, I have no one to dress up with in matching racist costumes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't just show up to the house party dressed as Hitler hoping to find my Ava Braun. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I just can't hope I'm going to find someone just as racist on a whim. Like, I don't do that shit on spec. Like, anyways. So, uh, I, um, I'm sober. No, that's a appropriate response. Uh, uh, I just reached my one-year sober anniversary. Yeah. I'm going to celebrate by relapsing. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's, it's always difficult to like explain that to people. They're like, you don't drink? I'm like, it's not, th- it's not like I woke up one day and was like, you know what, fuck fun. I don't want to have fun anymore, all right? I, I, I was a funaholic, okay? It's because I like to have too much fun. But, uh, oh, it's all right. Uh, let's uh, move on to less depressing subjects. Okay, um... So, yeah, there's a bunch of single losers here. I'm one of them. Uh, don't worry. Uh, but y'all remember relationships? Y'all remember what those are like? <laughs> y'all remember? But, okay, I, I'm speaking from my own experience, but, like, I've come to notice that, like, women get to make the rules and set the boundaries in the relationships, usually because someone kind of fucked up. Um, like, my ex, she had this rule where I couldn't go out of town and do drugs without her, because I went out of town and did drugs without her. Um, And that rule was eventually amended to, I can't do drugs without her, and then eventually, I know, I was a lucky one, um, to eventually just, I can't do drugs. Uh, But here's the thing, here's the thing, I, it's not that I wouldn't abide by the rules, I would, I would follow the rules, but, you know, if there's a little bit of a loophole gray area, I, kind of would take advantage of it. I'm a recovering fuckboy as well. Um, I was like an OG fuckboy. I was a fuckboy before there was a name for it. I'm better now, I, I, I assure you. Um, I'm a feminist, relax. Uh, I, I know it's because my ex-girlfriend told me I am. Um, but no, so my ex, she had, you know, she had the rule and I, I followed the rule, but she's like, you know, my, my brother's in town for the holidays, and, you know, if you want to get high with my brother, you know, it's okay. It's fine. You know, I trust you. Here's the thing. She didn't specify what kind of high. <laughs> so we did a bunch of mushrooms and watched Pirates of the Caribbean, and needless to say, uh, she was pretty pissed. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever argued with your girlfriend or significant other while tripping balls on mushrooms, <laughs> but I assure you, it is not the mind-altering experience you're looking for. <laughs> to just be sitting in bed while fucking rainbows and stars are flying at me from the fucking TV. I'm fucking going through space right now, and she's yelling at me, I said you could get high! Not do mushrooms with my brother. I'm like, it was his idea. What I, I can't even form sentences at this point, but what I want to say, shut the fuck up. We'll deal with this tomorrow because I can't fucking even form sentences right now because I'm in the middle of going through space right now. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, again, I, I don't know if you've ever been hate spooned before, <laughs> but <laughs> that, that was... She was not spooning me later because she was feeling amorous. It's because just for warmth. She's like, I'm just, I fucking hate you right now. Like, I, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, don't do that. Um, that's, I don't know. I'm older now. I'm, I just turned 30 as well. Um, I, don't, cl don't clap for that. I, I know, I, I understand you find that incredulous, especially when I have the physique of a 14-year-old Chinese girl. Like, I, I get it, I get it. Like, this is the same body I had when I lost my virginity, okay? This is the same body I had during Bush years one and two and most of the Obama years. Like, I turned 15 and puberty was like, fuck it, we're done here. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's, it's a little difficult. It's weird being in my 30s now like dating, trying to date in my 30s, because like women in their 30s typically like they got shit locked down. Or if they are still dating uh, a 30-year-old recovering alcoholic slash returning college student slash unsponsored skateboarder, I'm not on the fucking menu. <laughs> They're not looking for me. Um, also, like I don't, I don't, I don't party anymore, and it's just you know like what what I'm in my 30s now. What business do I have going to parties like? For me, partying, it's, I don't, I don't do that. Like, I go, instead, like, I go to, you know, I go to brunch and AA meetings. Like, it's a little bit different. <laughs> like, uh, and, like, I, and I can't date younger women. Like, you know, like, anyone born in the 90s, like, I can't, like, a woman, like, I can't talk to a woman born in 93, because the whole fucking time, I'm just going to be thinking, holy shit, you were three years old when Tupac died. You're not even, you're not even a fucking person to me. If, if you weren't, al weren't alive for the Biggie Tupac, you know, beef, like, you, you're, fuck you. I don't want to, I don't, I don't even know you. You weren't alive for a fucking umbop, then fuck off, all right? I lived through that shit. <sighs> all right. Anyway, speaking of the 90s, uh, I, can we all agree, like, anyone, like, born, like, in the 90s, like, you can't call yourself a fucking hippie, all right? You're not, you're not a fucking hippie. You're a fucking poser is what you are, all right? You know what the real hippies are doing? The ones that actually live through that shit? They're either fucking dead or they're dying, and they fucking hang outside Cafe Mediterranean in Berkeley smoking jazz cigarettes. <laughs> you know, that's what real hippies do, all right? Fuck. Like, if you were born, you know, now, and you're saying you're a hippie, like, you know what, just cut this shit. Why don't you just say what you really mean, all right? Why don't you just admit that you like to do a bunch of drugs at Burning Man and have unprotected sex with strangers? Because that's what you're fucking telling me. And, um, 
All right, it's whatever. My 30s are going great. <laughs> uh, could be worse. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not all bad. It's not all bad because, and, and I feel comfortable telling you this in front of a room full of strangers. Um, before I quit drinking and doing drugs, um, I wanted to die. Sorry, you can clap for that. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. But uh, the weird part about that was, you know, I kept thinking about, you know, you know, jumping off the bridge, but I kept thinking about, you know, how do I get to the bridge in terms of bus routes? <laughs> like I kept thinking, you know, if I just take the 28, you know, that'll just take me straight to the bridge. I was like, wait a minute, what? the fuck am I worried about bills for? I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> there are no more late fees where I'm going. Like, <laughs> and I thought about furthermore, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute wh why would I take public transit to my own suicide? Like, couldn't I just take a fucking Uber, you know? That being said, um, I'm gonna take an Uber home and rethink my life choices. And you've been a lovely audience, and thank you. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin. Miles Benjamin, everyone! Yay! Don't jump off the bridge, you're really funny, yay! And did anybody see that movie, The Bridge? It's so depressing. They put a net down there now. I just feel like it'd be fun to jump off just to bounce around on the net. Like we should have like a party where like some crazy like underground, underground party where like meet on the net. <laughs> We're all gonna jump off comedy showcase on the net. We're all gonna jump over the side and wait for the helicopters to take us off. No, I don't wanna. I haven't been arrested in like 10 years, so we're gonna try to keep it that way. And I'm like, the cops, I guess if we were all white, it would be okay, right? We just hang out and be like, it's like a bouncy tent, we're fine, right? We're just on acid. We're hippies, yay, San Francisco. I'm old enough to call myself a hippie, thank you very much, 1974. Your next comedian is also single which astounds me because he's been to Scotland's Fringe Festival and he's like in law school and he's got all this shit going for him. He's also very funny. And women keep saying the number one thing they want is a sense of humor. So, hey ladies, get ready to laugh. It's Sid Singh, yay! shouldn't be single but here I am to give you guys an idea of how single I am uh, I invited a girl here to this show and she stood me up so that is <laughs> like <laughs> turns out the date yesterday wasn't that great uh, it's funny I thought it was almost a perfect date though because the whole date uh, she was this white girl from Kentucky and I was this brown guy from San Jose and I felt like it was a kind of date where like I keep trying to figure out if she's racist, right? And she keeps trying to figure out if I'm looking down on her because she's from Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like, it was perfect. It was like a, you know how, like, the perfect relationships are just a competition? Like, you know what I mean? No. I don't know. Uh, man, I, uh, it's, God, this is a weird city. I, this is like, I realized how shitty this city is today because uh, at my law school, I built this solitary confinement cell. Right, just to show how awful solitary confinement is, we built it. And to give you an idea of how shitty SF is, despite how rich it is, we had to like disassemble it every night 
because it's still much better than being homeless in the tenderloin. Like, you understand? Like, <laughs> that's how shitty this is. Like, I don't understand how anyone in San Francisco can ever get offended by anything. You know what I mean? Like, you'll go to these shows, right? And you'll be performing, and someone will be like, oh, that's too far. And I just want to be like, you walked past four homeless people to enter here. Like, can you not be offended, Techie? Like, you understand? <laughs> can you not? Can you get over yourself? Like no, and I, I also get, I really get annoyed when techies get offended because of how much shit I take because I look like a techie. Like you understand? <laughs> like you understand? Like, what? Like, like, I, the racism in San Francisco is almost techie based because it's like the people who are racist in SF almost they're just like playing the odds. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, you know? Because to be fair, technically. On the numbers, most techies are white. But in this city, most Indians are techies. So they're just playing the numbers. You know what I mean? They're just like, when they're racist to me, they're just like, this is my best guess. You know what I mean? Like, they're just. Man, let's focus on dating, I guess. And that's the show. Um, I, uh, I, I was going out with a musician uh, for a little bit. And this is how I realized, like, I'm getting older, is, like, people were like, dude, like, honestly, I know it didn't work out. And thank God, because she is crazy. Like, honestly? Like, honestly, she's crazy. And I just got to the point where, like, stop telling me, like, a woman is crazy, right? Because I'm in my late 20s. Now I've realized, like, when you tell me a woman is crazy, you're not saying she's not hot. All you're saying is, dude, she is super hot. Like, you understand? Like, that's <laughs> all I hear at this point when you tell me a woman is crazy, right? Because nine times out of ten, when a guy says a woman is crazy, he just means, like, she has opinions. Like, that's all I want. <laughs> like... I'm old enough where I also want to have dinner with a conversation. Like, you understand? Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I always want crazy. Like, I'm 28. I don't want a basic bitch. Like, do you understand? I'm 28. What I would like is a complex cunt. Like, do you understand? Like, that <laughs> is what I am looking for. That's what... Thank God, because sometimes that joke turns into a grenade that women are like, I do not want to jump on that. <laughs> he said a word. I can't... I did that joke in Scotland, and I had the weirdest reaction I've ever had. I had... This Irish girl came up to me and she was like, listen, I really like that joke. I want you to know, I think I am a complex cunt. <laughs> but, but you should know, you shouldn't call women bitches, man. That's like not cool. <laughs> like, that was, I was just like, <laughs> and I was like, well, you were correct. You are a complex cunt because I'm confused. Like, I don't, I don't know how to react to that. You win this round, Madeline. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I uh, <laughs> I just yeah I I am single, but I also understand deep down that I deserve to be single. You know what I mean? Because like I am tough to be around sometimes. I did a show uh, at this place called Piano Fight recently, and it went very well, right? It went very well. <laughs> this girl comes up, this sweetheart of a woman comes up to me after the show, and she goes, "Wow, that was great. Like, how does it feel like knowing that like everyone in this room." like would blow you you know <laughs> and like we're, we're adults we're adults here like what does she really mean by that she means she would blow me right that's all she's meant she's very sweet about it though she's like yeah, sneaking it in and me being a dumbass my first instinct and i just blurted out was nah you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> just like i was like nah you're wrong like i just I just didn't care. I just was like, I've just been a comic for too long. Like, you understand? Like, I just, uh, I just, I don't believe you. Like, and like, she just didn't know how to react because no one's ever answered that stupidly before, you know? 
Like, she honestly was just like, um, uh, well, half of them would blow you. Like, I was just like, what? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. It's weird because, like, I've been doing comedy for seven years, and I think that there's, like, a, there's, like, this, people come up to me like, oh, you must get a lot of women, right? People, women must come up to you after all, all shows all the time. And let me tell you, no. Like, no. Like, I, <laughs> after the, like when you do comedy long enough, you realize the only people who come up to you after shows generally is just, like, four chubby dudes. Like, do you understand? <laughs> who are just like, I want to do what you do. And you just have to be like, no, you don't. Like, you just have to, like, slowly <laughs> ease them in. It's like... You only talk to, I, I don't know, I, I must have been that guy at some point. But it's, it's this thing where, like, here's how weird it was, is before I left with the Fringe this year, um, this beautiful woman was coming to all of my shows. All right, this girl was gorgeous. All right, she looked like a model, all right? And the other thing you should know about her, the other thing you should know about her is also um, she might be a dude. All right, cool. So we're all caught up. We're all caught up what's happening. And by the way, if she is a dude, like, I would suck that dick. Like, do you understand? Like, she is that beautiful. Like, do you understand? Like, she is that beautiful that, like, if she, if, like, I took her home, she had to think I'd be like, well played, sir. You know what I mean? I'd tip my cap. <laughs> and just be like, you have won this round. Because I'm a gentleman. You know what I mean? Like, as a gentleman, I would be like, well, you know, you win. I'd get on my knees. Like, that's just the way society should work. <laughs> that's just how. Sometimes you just have to admit when you were wrong. You know what I mean? I don't know. I uh, here's how well my career is going though. I, <laughs> I I was on TV in July and then in August I shot uh, commercials uh, for a buffet restaurant <laughs> and I was paid uh, in buffets. I was paid in buffets. That's how shitty it was that they were like and, and I had to haggle, which is the saddest. They were like, we'll give you a buffet. Can I have money? We'll give you three buffets. Sold. Like, that was what happened. <laughs> and, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I also realize that, like, I will probably destroy any success I ever have. Like, I just, that's my first instinct is to be a silly dork at all times. You know what I mean? And, like, so we, the last scene that we were shooting for this commercial, right, it's just me and my friend, and we're at the table, and we're just eating the food from the buffet. Our plates are piled high. And at some point, we're supposed to notice the camera. He's supposed to nudge me, point at the camera. And I'm supposed to look at him, look at the camera, shrug, and go back to eating the food. Because <laughs> it's that good. Like, do you understand? And so we do it, and I nail it on the first take. You know why? Pretty fucking easy, right? Like, it's pretty fucking <laughs> not impressive on my part. It's just kind of fucking easy. And he was like, okay, like, can we get another take? So we do. We do a second take. And I fucking nailed it again because, again, literally, I just have to eat food. Like, that's it. That's the whole scene. And then so he's like, can we do it a third time? I just was, like, so annoyed. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know I'm doing this for the food I'm currently almost done eating. Like, you understand? Like, you set a clock that I have almost eaten up. You know what I mean? And so... But he was like, no, no, no. Can we... Let's just do it a few more times. I was like, a few more times? And I was like, fine. All right. But he's like, but also, like, can you improvise a little bit? Like, can you, like, just throw in some improv? And I was like, all right. <laughs> and so my friend nudges me and points to the camera. And I go, you killed Ronald Reagan! <laughs> and I will never forgive you! You piece of shit! <laughs> I can't believe you brought me to this buffet! 
and then I went back to eating the food because it was that good. <laughs> and we didn't shoot any more takes. We didn't shoot any more takes. <laughs> he was like, ah, we got it, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I, what a weird date. Last night was so weird because it was, it was, it was an insurance date. You know what I mean? We're like, uh, where it's like, she has another option in case. Like, I don't mean like a man, but like, she, she, pla- she invited me out to a bar so we could come drink, but also she was meeting her roommate for the first time. You know what I mean? So like, it was like, in case it doesn't go well, I can still be productive. Like, you understand? Like, <laughs> and uh, that was really hot to me. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, I realized like, I could probably be someone's side piece very easily. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm just like an understanding person. Like, I, I don't think I expect to satisfy you completely. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, like, it's this thing where like, I don't think it's like a lack of self-esteem. It's just that I've met me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm like a pretty good guy, but I'm still a B plus. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't mind you getting 10% from something else. All right, guys, I'm Sid Singh. Have a nice time. <laughs> Sid Singh likes multitasking women. That's pretty much all women. <laughs> really good at multitasking. They can, you really know that when you're banging them from behind and they're like doing their taxes on their iPhone. That's when you know they really know how to multitask. Yay, Sid Singh. He and Levy like the set. He's like, no, that was good. That was really good. We're, you guys are going to love your next comedian. Uh, he has a show here on Wednesdays with me uh, called Some Call Me Tim, where he is actually known as Pervert Fervor, uh, playing the Meegity Moogs, the ones and twos, the Moogie Blues for me and yous. Right now, you're going to love his jokes. Everybody put your hands together for Tim Pizza! Yay! Hi. See, I've been like professionally single for like 11 years. I almost got married twice. Uh, first time I almost got married, um, I was on heroin. <laughs> I was giving that a whirl. Um, <clears throat> I was too scared to shoot it, so I did some Googling. and It was harder to Google then. Uh, Google didn't have everything then, so I had to do a little bit of work. Um, you had to put it, uh, you had to cook it in a spoon. Then you had to put it in like a visine thing with water and then spray it up your nose like a neti pot. And that was the worst experience of my life. And then uh, I was lying to my girlfriend about how sick I was. I was throwing up everywhere. I told her that I had food poisoning. It was insanely high and she was just insane. Um, <laughs> and she was the kind of girl that like painted a picture in her head like um, of you know, something I couldn't see, obviously, because it's in her head. And then would get mad at me when uh, that picture didn't match up to our relationship. Um, she wanted to get married so bad. All she wanted was to be married and have a baby, this and that. And, like, it would be fucking, she'd be like, put a baby in me. I'd be like, get off me. <laughs> um, so, you know, she's taking, her- she's taking care of me while, while I'm on all this heroin. And... Um, <laughs> she... Uh, she lets me do some lewd sex act I'd never done at that point in my life. And um, uh, then she tricked me, and I agreed to elope with her. We were going to do it in, like, three weeks. We were going to fly to Paris and elope there. Like, rip me a fucking no way it was happening. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. She, she eventually went insane. Like, like, a week later, she kept saying stuff like, you know, like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'd be like, well, I mean, I guess we're going to have to look for a place together. And then... Uh, 
you know, after five years or something, you know, maybe we'll try and buy a house. You know, it's like trying to like lay out the actual like steps of um, of a relationship. And then I think she started, she started grasping it. It started scaring the shit out of her. And then um, what did uh, Louisa call it? I ghosted. Um, it was really sad. It was mean. It was really fucking mean. But I, I didn't. Because I had already said everything I could say. Like, we broke... I mean, we broke up, but, like, she was still calling me. Like, still fucking, like, going manic. Um, so, I split. Um, and the next one... Uh, she was the type of girl that got... Would be mad at me for something, but didn't want to say it right away. And then would get mad at something totally irrelevant. And then later it would seep into being about me like i took her to the opera like we're, you know i'm like wearing a suit and she's like got a pretty dress on we went to go see tosca uh it's beautiful puccini um and uh she was tall she was six one uh she was gorgeous too uh great girl um but uh she starts crying in the middle of this opera not because of the opera uh because um the seats are too small because she's too tall. And then she starts sitting in the aisle of the opera and just crying. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Just like, what is happening right now? I'm like, there's this gorgeous girl in like a silver slinky dress just bawling in the opera. And then later it turned out about like me not returning a phone call or something totally lame. But it was all, yeah, it was, you know, she wasn't, so I don't know, after that, like we wore rings um on a good day they were engagement rings but on a bad day they were promise rings so the whole thing <laughs> the whole thing was flip-flopped we bought the rings in uh tijuana as a gig they turned our fingers green um <laughs> and then uh i went out and bought nice ones later it was very sweet um i had to recently uh bump her off gchat because um she's a, she's an editor and she's brilliant with words so she can like like build me up like uh confidently and like make me feel like a like a man and then just completely destroy my psyche within on gchat within like eight minutes <laughs> like i'll be wake up skipping to work having a great time and then i'm like oh hey baby, you know, nice to see you how you been how's you know wherever you are and then my life is over i want to die so now um i've been like a weird catfish of people I like you know I just kind of wait and lurk and see what I can get um <laughs> I have what are called micro relationships they last about three days um and you go through all the stages of one relationship in about three days um I've had some pretty awesome ones and some pretty scary ones um see my favorite one the first one I had was um it was in Sacramento and it was right when OkCupid okay came out and um this girl hits me up and I'm like, this girl's gorgeous. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? So she, we go out and we're hanging out and I'm like, this girl's way too hot to be hanging out with me. What's going on? You know, like there's something, there's something, something's off, you know? So we get back to my house and like later we're kind of fooling around and I'm like, this is too weird, too weird. Something's wrong, something's wrong. And I'm like, go to take off her shirt. And she like gets all weird and she's like, she's like, I have some scars. I don't care. I'm like, that's even hotter. You know, let me see him. She's like, all right. So she takes off her shirt and uh, she was an ex cutter and she had like flowers and like words and shit carved all over her whole entire fucking body. It's like, once you get to that point, there's kind of like no return. Like you can't, you can't be like, put your shirt back on. 
But it's like, I think this is really fucking hot, and this is, uh, I don't, I'm not sure how comfortable I am with how much I like this. Um, <laughs> so there was that. Uh, yeah, and then that, that was the whole thing. Like, and I thought we were going to, like, fuck, but then she just wanted to watch me jerk off, which, fine. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't even mean, kind of, you know, go into things with no expectations. It's kind of, you get yourself into these kind of awesome, weird situations. Um, yeah, so, okay, cutter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're like, okay, cutter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I actually tried to hit her up after that. She ghosted on me. So, um, I, you know, I don't have a lot of emotions, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, this is a good one. I was, uh, this girl hit me up on Tinder, and, uh, she wanted me to meet her at a bar. Met her at a bar in Berkeley. And, like, after 11 minutes, I checked my watch. She's like, you want to go back to your place? And I'm like, yeah, sure. She's like, uh, and then she just looks me in the eye, and she's like, I'm not going to fuck you, but I'll make it worth your while. All right, let's go. So, go to my house. You know, uh, turn on Rick and Morty. Five minutes into Rick and Morty, shit starts happening, and she's like, do you got any Sharpies? Yeah, like the markers. I'm like, yeah, I got a ton of them. She's like, go get them. I'm like, okay. She's like, she's like, do you want to draw on me? And I'm like, sure. All right, so I'm like drawing like some weird shit on her back, you know, like this whole thing. Um, and then I let her draw on me too, and uh, you know we do we, you know we do our thing. It's we don't fuck what she does make it worth my while. Um, and then uh, and then the uh, the next day, I had to go to the doctor uh, for a man thing, and uh, you know I'm like laying there on my side, and they're basically looking at my ass. Um, and there's three women in the room, uh, one older female doctor and two young nurses that are training. Um, and they're all got these shitty grins on their faces. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And like, you know, they got this thing and it's like painful and I'm whimpering like a dying puppy. I'm like, <laughs> just like whatever, you know, it's not fun for that exam. Um, uh, and I get home, and I go to take a shower, and I catch a look in my ear, and I've just got stars drawn all over my ass <laughs> in Sharpie. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's, you know, they were done nicely, you know. They're all, you can tell it's done by a girl. Like, I didn't draw stars on my own ass. That'd just be weird. That'd be, I'm going to try that when I get home. <laughs> um, yeah. So, this, this gets even grosser. Um, <laughs> So that night, I had another ex call me, uh, well, not an ex, like an ex-micro-relationship girl. She calls me. She's like, hey, I'm back from Texas. So I'm like, okay. So uh, she's like, I'm a massage therapist now. Let's give each other massages. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah. So, uh, you know, turn on Rick and Morty, doing some <laughs> massage, you know, like, you know, then, uh, you know, cut to in my room on my bed, she's got her shirt off, I'm giving her a massage, and then uh, I feel like I'm sitting in something wet all of a sudden. I guess they did something to me at the doctor that made me bleed, and I'm like, oh fuck, so I, she doesn't know yet, she doesn't know yet, so 
I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to go turn off the light. So I get off of her, and it just looks like a fucking murder scene. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm sitting there, like, contemplating. I'm like, go in the kitchen, get the butcher knife, cut yourself in the thigh. You know, like, just do that. Because none of this is going to make any sense. Like, <laughs> none of this is going to make any fucking sense. Um, and, you know, I'm not... I wasn't weirded out about the blood, and I mean, I was upset that I bled all over another person, but if another person bled all over me, I would be fucking worried about them. I would be like, you're bleeding. That, like, that thought never crossed once through that fucking girl's head. Like, it was, like, she thought she was going to get an STD because I got a doctor's exam. Like, she's like, yeah, I know, exactly. She's like, am I going to get an STD now? And I'm like, no. And then, like... I don't know, and then she wouldn't leave. Then she wouldn't leave after that. Like I'm like, I, like it was the most awkward thing ever. I was like, I'm just gonna go in my room. You just watch TV. Like it, like she wouldn't. She wanted to sleep on my couch really bad. And I think that's all she really wanted out of the whole thing, because she didn't have a place to crash until like the next night. So I don't know. There I am, you know, bleeding heart, bleeding ass. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a uh, just a bed, warm bed to sleep in, unless you're covered in blood. But, uh, yeah, thanks. Timothy Pizza, everyone. That happened to me when I was single once. Uh, I dated a guy for about two weeks. He started, he was a bike messenger. He was a dirty motherfucker. And he lived with me for two weeks. And at, like, the 10th day, he started getting kind of mean. And I was like, do you like me? Or are you just here because you like need a place to stay? <laughs> and I realized it's just because he really needed a place to stay. He'd got kicked out of his other apartment and he was just pretending to be nice and just using my place. And I was like, ew, <laughs> you're a bike messenger. What was I doing? <laughs> like, my bad, really. <laughs> I gotta stop, never date people from Benders. Uh, except for the boyfriend I have now. We've been together for three years. He's amazing. And we met at Benders. Yay. It's a dirty bar, but it's a really lovely back patio, I promise. Uh, your next comedian, I don't know why he's single. He's like a good-looking guy. I, your whole path, it confuses me to no end. He's super smart. He's witty. He has weird things to say. I mean, all the ladies love LL Cool J. Why don't they love Stefan Massey? Put your hands together for Stefan Massey! <laughs> Well, Pam, if I had to speculate, I'd say the reason that all the ladies love LL Cool J might have something to do with his long career as a successful rapper and actor, and and all and all of and all of the the you know monetary benefits he has reaped therein. <laughs> just just a theory, just a little pet theory. Um, I don't normally uh, comment on uh, comedians that have gone before me, but I since Tim Pizza did just get off the stage, I do want to say that he has long held that uh, I should take a, a flying leap to get over some of my intimacy issues uh, by way of contracting a cam girl and having a real intimate J.O. sesh with her, yeah. And uh, beyond the fact that that doesn't appeal to begin with, If I if I if I do blow, that's gonna be a personal private moment, Tim. <laughs> uh, 
But no, come on, cam girls are among the most put-upon people on the planet whose profession does not involve going into a war zone. And I don't know why I'd want to make that more difficult by, you know, heaping on my various untreatable mental conditions in addition to the, you know, myriad assholes they have to deal with on a daily basis. Uh, just me, though. I don't like making people uncomfortable if I can help it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Pam, I got to say, this is the weirdest mixer I've ever been to. Uh, but I have been to precious few, so that's a low hurdle to clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually just got off work a little while ago. I was, um, I drive for ease now. Uh, yeah. I, I could be your weed guy. I was, I actually, no shit, I, d I delivered to m one of my brother's friends uh, earlier this afternoon, and, and like he comes out and he's like, dude, Sean's upstairs hanging out with us right now. You want to chill? I was like, I would if I could, man, but I'm on the clock. Uh, but it is nice after sitting in my car for eight hours to uh, come out and uh, stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Those are the groans that I work for. Uh, <laughs> um, a couple months ago, I, uh, I, I destroyed my computer, uh, after it drank the, uh, contents of my leftover Chinese food. Uh, I took it to the comedy scene's own geek squad, Chris Berylik, and he was explaining to me, uh, all right, you may have fried your motherboard, we can salvage your data, but you're probably gonna have to buy a new computer. And uh, I was just like, all right, yeah, okay. And he's like, you're taking this remarkably well. And I was high, so that made sense. But I, you know, started thinking about that because I was like, yeah, this is really shitty news. Why am I taking this so well? So I was, you know, I was thinking about it, which quickly led into one of my favorite pastimes, overthinking. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, why, why am I able to take this so well? Like, realistically, I don't have a lot really going for me. I'm single. I live with my parents in their basement. Uh, I have, you know, a skin condition. Uh, I never have sex. That's not hyperbole. I've never had sex. Uh, <laughs> No, you've heard that like 20 times. You should not be the one awing. <laughs> yes, we all heard it. Uh, but, you know, I just... I can't hold on to unhappiness. I'm not physically capable of being sad or angry or feeling guilty for any prolonged period of time. It just like weighs me down and I like I don't have the mental fortitude to like hang on to those emotions. So it's not so much that I'm unhappy, but there is a happiness-shaped absence within me. <laughs> and and people and and people pick up on that. <laughs> I, uh, I've always, I've always had, uh, or not always, but I, when I was younger, it was even worse, honestly. I, when I was in, uh, college, it was junior year at Santa Cruz, and I had a crush on a girl. I had a, I had a crush on a lot of girls, and I still feel sorry for most of them, because I possess all the subtlety of a neon pink rhino dancing to dubstep. Um, and through a combination of, uh, optimism, uh, inexperience, and just plain foolishness, I ended up living with one of these girls. Uh, we'll call her Lena. Lena and I uh, were friends with benefits during the more agreeable portion of our relationship, uh, which was just one of many red flags I was ill-equipped to notice before we started apartment hunting. 
And after a few weeks, we found a place we moved in. And um, after a month or two, it became vividly apparent that I had immensely fucked up. <laughs> I, had a, uh, I had a theater professor who was fond of, and in fact could have made a career out of taking people on tangents, much like the one I'm taking you on right now. And once he said to us uh, on one of these tangents, to live with another person is to live with a psychopath. And uh, if I didn't know better, I would have thought he was talking directly about me and Lena. The, uh, the decline in friendliness was rapid. Uh, she, with her winning tendencies of throwing out my things without asking, ripping cords out of the wall if I didn't comply with her demands with the greatest of haste, talking shit about me to our mutual friends, and watching absolute garbage reality TV at every opportunity. Yeah, no, that's the most egregious one, right? That's really, that's really the worst. Um, well, no, she was watching American Idol. Um, Survivor might have been somewhat entertaining. I've never watched it, but just, I mean, just... Oh! Someone, someone play a reggaeton air horn. That was good. Bow, bow, bow! And I, you know, I was no slouch in the terribleness department either. I had hair down to the middle of my back at that time. I would leave follicles in every corner of the apartment uh, and messes for her to deal with in the kitchen. Uh... And yet, in spite of all that, one day we were, uh, I was watching TV and she came in, sat on the couch a seat away from me, and 10 minutes into whatever we were watching, she lays down across the couch and my lap. I'm not the greatest at reading people, historically, (laughs) but I don't think I've ever been so unsure of how to react to another person. Anyway, nothing happened. Uh, she moved out. We moved on, and uh, I really hope that she, you know, thinks back on the long hours of silence, that, uh, thinking about what a terrible decision we made, in with some degree of fondness. I genuinely hope that. Um, yeah, I have Aspergers too, so that makes dating a lot harder. Uh, it's just like nothing. Dating doesn't make sense on a on a base level, and and yeah. You're nodding. <laughs> you get it. Did you, is she your date? Did you come here with a date? God damn you. <laughs> Do you know what this is? Do you get what the... You fucking asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? Really? God. Ugh. Disgusting. But... Yeah, and online dating, doubly so. Like, I can't do online dating. It's, it's an ever-changing game with arbitrary, ridiculous rules... And I'm, I, don't, I just don't have the patience to navigate these labyrinths of your okay cupids, your tinders, your bumbles. Um, I tried it for a while, you know, I had a, but, you know, my experience was more often than not, I'd be talking to someone, I'd send, you know, trade messages for a few days, and they'd be like, yeah, you want to meet up? And nine times out of ten, I would just, be, they would just be like, oh, you know, I've actually been talking to this other person for a little while, and it's getting kind of serious, bye forever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's silly. I've had, I had two very tepid okay cupid dates uh the first um was just completely unremarkable the second was like at least it was good comedy fodder i guess because like this girl uh you know she messages me back like a month and a half after i first messaged her and she's like hey sorry about that i almost never log in here you know the best way to contact me is actually through email 
Yeah, right? Yeah. No, huge, huge red flag. But it was like, it was 2012, but even then, it should have still, you know, I should have still known what was happening. Uh, and so, I, I just, I, you know, me, hard up for attention as I am, I'm like, all right, whatever. And so, we start trading emails, and for every, you know, I give her a paragraph at a time, and she'll give me back, you know, three and a half for every sentence I write. We're, uh, and, you know, I, I don't even attempt to come up to her level, but somehow she's still putting in all this effort, and I just it's just bizarre to me. And she would, she was very visibly pretentious from the get-go. Like, uh, she, like, would send me annotated music recommendations, and, like, one of them, uh, one of them, I remember this one jazz song, she said, this is a direct quote, she said, hurts somewhere in the soul. Some serious, no, some serious fan fiction shit, yeah. So we finally go out, and she talks about herself the entire time and her aspirations to become a poet, and then she just gives me this book and demands that I read it. I have yet to crack the spine. Uh, it was not a book she wrote, I should say. It was not one of hers. It was, although, honestly, like, if this whole thing had been an elaborate scheme to get me to read her poetry, that would have made way more sense, <laughs> I have to say. Okay. I'll leave you guys with this. Um, so I've never had sex, and I probably never will. Um, that's not a like a you know disparagement of myself. It just hasn't happened yet, and I have no reason to believe it will. But every time I make a new white male friend, they always have the same reaction when they find this out. We're gonna get you in there, man. <laughs> We're gonna make it happen for you. But what my white friends don't understand is there is an ancient, unspeakable demon that, ha that feeds on my sexual frustration. There is a supreme force of will in the universe that has decreed that I cannot engage in coitus. And when I tell my non-white friends this, they don't try and console me or get at the root of the problem. They're just like, damn, man, that sucks. <laughs> and then we smoke a joint. Because sometimes a shitty thing is just a shitty thing, and you're not looking to, you know, get you know, a, a solution worked out. You're just okay with how it is and you want to have your mind taken off it at least until the ineffable hell beast finds someone else to prey on and your suffering can finally end. <laughs> I'm Stefan Massey. Stefan Massey, the ineffable hell beast himself. I love that you were talking about Bumble and... Um, uh, Stefan has loaned me all of his uh, Dark Tower series yeah. books that I'm reading, and, they, and there's an animal called a Billy Bumbler, which uh, is like a weird raccoon dog badger. Yeah, I know. It's going to be fun. Oy. Uh, but it's great because uh, you said Bumble, and I'm like, oh, it just made me think of the Dark Tower. Everything. It's all, we're all with Roland on the search of the Dark Tower. No one else, just me? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, your next comedian, he's on a search, an ineffable search for something we don't know. Another really good-looking guy. Why is he single? What is wrong with this man? I don't know. He has a job, and he's funny, and he's good-looking. He seems to talk to a lot of women. I don't know. Maybe he's just like everybody's wingman. Put your hands together. It's Jeff Dean. Um, I am everyone's wingman. It's tough. Um, actually, I mashed with uh, a really cute girl the other day um, in an Uber pool. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, here's my shot, you know? 
like i'm gonna ask this girl out and i said hey instead of going home do you want to get some wings you know and looking back like i know wings was a bad choice yeah you know? but i went with it and she she like batted her eyelashes all cute and flirty and she was like i'm sorry i'm a vegetarian and like i I could have asked if she wanted a falafel, but I got the hint, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, you know how Uber Pool shows you the, the first name uh, of the person you're riding with? Well, that's all I need, really. So, like, I went home and I looked her up online, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which I'm really good at, by the way. Like, if your name is Jessica and you went to Chico State, like, I'll find you, you know? <laughs> Do you have any idea how many Jessicas went to Chico State? 284 between the ages of 23 and 27. <laughs> yeah, I browsed through every one of them. Um, yeah, and I found out she had a boyfriend. Like, what's up with that? Like, why didn't she just be honest, tell me she had a boyfriend? She could have used the boyfriend out. I get it all the time, usually from girls who don't have boyfriends. And people are like, Jeff, that's creepy. Why would you look her up online? But all of you guys look girls up online, like before a first date. What, you just feel safe not knowing the person at all? You don't do a quick background check? Just because I'm a guy doesn't mean I'm not vulnerable, you know? Anyway, small world. I saw her a week later at a happy hour, and I was like, hey, I looked you up online. And I saw you have a boyfriend. Like, why didn't you just tell me? You're not even lying. And she looked at me, all flirty, the same way. And she said, I didn't want you to think I'd go out with you if I didn't have a boyfriend. That's cold, right? What the hell? That's why I'm afraid of girls. Um, worst part is, though, I looked at her Instagram, posted a picture of a pastrami sandwich. Like, <laughs> She's not even a vegetarian? Are you kidding? Anyway, I was, uh, I was walking down the street the other day, and uh, I saw this girl riding a Vespa. She got hit by a car. She slid like 20 feet. And I was like, here's my shot, you know? <laughs> I ran over. I was the first responder. <laughs> and I was like, hey, are you okay? Like, do you need me to call you an ambulance? And she was like, where am I? And I was like... You're on the sidewalk, like, are you okay? And she said, I just got hit by a car. And I'm like, man, I cannot read women, you know? Like, <laughs> another classic example. Um, turns out she had a boyfriend, so complete waste of time, right? <laughs> like, what was I doing? I should have given up when the firefighter came, like, dreamboat that guy. <laughs> God. Um... I actually wasn't single about a year ago. I had a girlfriend, um, broke up with her. So excited to get on Bumble. I got on Bumble the day of, not Tinder, because I do not like making the first move. Um, I'm terrified of that. I thought girls were gonna be blowing up my phone, you know? Because Bumble, girls make the first move. I got a portable charger, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I did all the best practices. I took pictures with dogs, because girls like dogs, apparently. Yeah. Um, I went hiking with my friends, because all my pictures were with my ex, you know, so I had to get some new ones and be like, 
taking some can. It's like, what? I didn't see you there, you know? <laughs> like with the tripod and everything? Wow, that's crazy. How did you set that up? Uh, newsflash, guys. Bumble sucks. Uh, it's terrible. Basically, you swipe right all the time. Uh, girls match with you. And then they just disappear after 24 hours. You kind of feel like you're stuck in a glass box just banging on the walls. <laughs> and there's these hot girls just sitting outside just pointing and laughing. <laughs> you know? I actually, uh, I became pretty close friends with one of my ex-girlfriends. And I wanted some advice on my Bumble bio. You know, a bio is where you give a little blurb about yourself. And I thought it'd be funny and witty to say, looking for someone who can film my Snapchats when I need to act with both hands. <laughs> and she was like, that's really good because it shows that you're a goofball and also like super self-absorbed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I've kind of given up on the dating scene right now. I'm trying to find myself, you know. Uh, Trying to make more guy friends. I don't have any guy friends, guys, to watch the game with. I'm new to the city. Um, the other day, hey, Ian, how, how are you doing? You're looking good. <laughs> uh, and girls make it so, seem so easy to make, like, other girlfriends, you know? Like, I was at a party the other day, and these girls, they met for, like, 10 minutes they were talking. And it was they were like, oh, my God, it was so great meeting you, like, Give me your number. Let's get a pedicure. And I was like, what the fuck? Do you have any idea how hard it is for me to get another guy's number? Like, <laughs> I have to hang out with him through mutual friends like 10 times. <laughs> and then, like, leave my sweater in his car or something. <laughs> then ask my mutual friend for his number. Why? So I can ask to, like get a burrito or something, you know? Worst part is, I hate hanging out with other guys one-on-one. -on -one. It's terrifying. If I'm hanging out with two guys and one goes to the bathroom, I have a fucking panic attack, guys. I'm just like, please, I hope you're not taking a number two, you know? <laughs> um, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, but the other day, I met a guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty excited about it, yeah. Um, we didn't even need like an app or anything. Didn't have to use the sweater move, nothing. Um, and I, s I was texting him at work. I said, hey, after work, you want to get a burrito? And the, the bubbles came up on my phone. I was like so excited. Like, he's texting me back, you know. And then they went away. Uh, and then 30 minutes later, he was like, hey, sorry, I already had a burrito for lunch. And it's like, you know, I just wanted to hang out. Like, we could have gotten wings or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we rescheduled to uh, a week later. I said, hey, do you want to watch the Warriors game at my place? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty nearby. And he beat me to my place. So I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> so I texted him, casual, OMW, which stands for on my way, but it autocorrected to on my way exclamation point. So, <laughs> so I'm looking real needy, like things are not going well so far. 
usually autocorrect has my back, you know? Like, one time I, uh, like, I sent someone, like, oh, I'm a level 11 on Pokemon Go, and it autocorrected to, I'm level 1 on Pokemon Go. <laughs> or the other day, I was like, oh, just hang, <laughs> my, my, I was like, my best friend's my mom, and it autocorrected to, hanging out with my best friend's mom, right? Ha <laughs> <laughs> what's up? <laughs> anyway, we get to my place. I live in a living room. I should have told him, you know. <laughs> it's not like a typical living room. Like, I'm not, like, sleeping on a couch. I have a bed, but, like, I have a curtain for a wall, which is a huge upgrade from the beads that I used to have. Like, <laughs> you have no idea what's going on back there, you know. <laughs> anyway, two straight guys uh, sitting on a bed. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a TV or cable, so... <laughs> So we're streaming the game on my computer, and uh, yeah, my my speakers don't work either. So, so uh, we're sharing headphones. Anyway, he didn't call me back. Wait, what? Anyway, but dating this one girl actually for a little bit, and uh, I don't like her. I don't. Um, but I'm trying to convince myself I like her. Like, for instance, the other day we were at a restaurant and she got guacamole on the side. And I was like, this girl plays by her own rules, you know? <laughs> like, no one tells her how to eat. And then she, but then the other day she was like, hashtag all lives matter. And I was like, okay, she's a little dumb, you know? <laughs> she doesn't understand racial bias or isn't willing to try. But I'm lonely, so ladies, anyway. Anyway, I'm Jeff Dean, that's my time. Thanks, guys. How is he so lonely? It's so confusing to me. Yay, Jeff Dean, yay. Trying to find a man to hang out with. I know, it's hard because the Warriors are going in a new duration, so I don't know if people are understanding how that's working or not yet. Yeah, uh, last year I watched like every Warriors game, but it's because they didn't lose forever and they've already lost a game. So I'm like, ah, we're fine. I don't even have to worry. I don't have to watch it obsessively. Of course not. Uh, all right, your next comedian. I don't know what she watches obsessively, uh, but she's an amazing human being. I love all of her jokes. You guys are going to love her. Again, why is she single? What the fuck is happening? How are these intelligent, beautiful women walking around San Francisco without, like, life mates? I don't know. Have you been to Burning Man? It's only, like, a life mate for two weeks, though. It's okay. It's just, like, a quick life mate. It's like, you're a soul bonded for <laughs> two weeks. You'll never talk to him again. <laughs> Sorry. I find Burning Man very funny. Clap your hands well if you're next comedian, Brooke Heineken! Pam, um, I'm pretty sure if I like did find a mate at Burning Man, it would be for life. Um, because I'm pretty sure I would die at Burning Man. <laughs> I don't think I would do very well at Burning Man. Also, you keep saying, why are all of these people single? And I think it's probably because they go on the radio and pan everyone they've ever dated. <laughs> Um, so I've been single for, since July, uh, and I did not take to it very kindly, 
as some of you know, and so I don't write a lot of singles jokes. So I wrote some just for you, Pam, uh, but forgive me, I have to read out of this notebook because I don't do these often. Um, I, d I did break up, no, we broke up. We broke up uh, over the summer, but we knew like it was a stage four relationship. We both knew it was terminal. Uh, we were at the Embarcadero one day, and like we had just gotten a baguette and some cheese to split while we were looking over the bay. And he looked at me, and he's like, "All right, want to want to call it?" And I was like, "I was like, yeah." He's like, "You want to get out of here?" I was like, "Sure." He's like, "All right, go." Uh, <laughs> I, oh, that was funnier in my head. I feel like that's going to be a theme of this set. That sounded funnier in my head. Uh, we did decide to have an expiration date, though. Uh, go out to dinner, the two of us, to just sort of celebrate the time we had. We went to a Red Lobster. All right. <laughs> it was great. Ruined Red Lobster for me, though. I spent the entire date. My only souvenir from that date is a list of all of the different shrimp that we tried. <laughs> hanging on my mirror. Uh, the day after we broke up. Um, was the San Francisco Half Marathon, uh, which I was running. You were, are you taping me? Okay, good. Let's say it's normally more close on the camera. Um, uh, it was the San Francisco Half Marathon, and I was running over the bridge, and I had seen all of these people with all these signs cheering on their loved ones, and I was like, I get it. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm on the bridge, and I'm not gonna, but I get it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... I went home later that night. I listened to all five Taylor Swift albums while eating sushi from a Walgreens. So my life's going great, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was very, very sick. Um, I, but I'm, I'm doing well. I have, I have since acquired myself a bit of a stalker, actually. I'm a little excited about it. He uh, left a note at my apartment yesterday. It said, sorry, I missed you. You can pick up your package at any of our business <laughs> locations during <laughs> hours. Um, I have I've tried dating a few guys since, um, and I had one particular interaction, which just made me think that guys are a little bit like, I th guys get up here and they're like, oh, girls are so confusing, whatever. And I was uh, so I was kissing one of these guys that I was dating, and I as like we'd been kissing, and I turned around and I was like, you know, I really like you. Um, and he later told me he's like that was very confusing, <laughs> and I was like. I think what would have been really confusing is if I was kissing a guy and then I turned to him and I said, no homo. <laughs> I think that would have been more confusing. <laughs> um, I had a male roommate who moved out a couple of months ago though and he left his body wash in our shower and I've been using it because it smells like guys and I asked him if that was okay and he said, yes, but you sound very lonely. <laughs> um, uh, so we, okay, I have one thing to say about the election that is quasi-related, but I promise it's nothing that you've heard about the election thus far, which is because where I come from and where I vote currently, we have to vote on all sorts of weird shit, including the county coroner. I come from a place where we get to vote on who is the coroner. And you would think, much as I did while checking that box, I don't give a shit who the coroner is. Like, clearly I'm not gonna have a vested interest in it. But I was thinking about it. If I get a Republican coroner, is he gonna be like, she died, cause Jesus. <laughs> she had sex too early and then she died. But if I get a too liberal of a coroner, is it, it, by the way, the coroners have party affiliations on the ballot. It's gonna be like, oh, she died because she had a botched abortion because it wasn't covered by her health care. <laughs> Being single has made me think about dying a lot. 
Some, it's Brooke. Yeah, hi. You said, I heard you say some late I don't recognize. What's your name? Ben. Ben, are you single? Damn it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here, you can be one of my enemies. Take one of these flyers. It says give them to your friends or enemies. Oh. I already don't like you. <laughs> uh, speaking of dying, um, I, my, my, my dad has been married three times and has seven kids. Uh, so I'm going to be super normal in a relationship. <laughs> But he's got us all in this family plan, uh, which is what he calls our family plot uh, in the ground. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, it's in a, a, a combo cemetery slash arboretum in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, and I, I've seen it because we used to go there when I was a kid and we'd picnic. And my dad would be like, oh. No, this is very true. Every time I'm in a job interview and they're like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'm like, I'll do you one better. I'll tell you where I see myself in 100 years, right fucking there. (laughs) 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 But I don't know if at this point we're all going to fit. My dad has seven kids. He's been married three times. It's like every time my stepmother's like, I'm pregnant. He's like, aha, the plot thickens. So, ah, I decided... So here's the thing. I don't. I am the. I am the ultimate middle child. I am number four of seven. Meaning I am going to sit, bitch, in this grave plot, <laughs> which is my one motivation to get my single shit together and get married, so I can get off the grave plot and have a window seat somewhere else. Uh, I did try. I gave a. I don't know you, but this is a great segue. Uh, I tried. I was like, maybe I'm a lesbian. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try dating women. And I enabled it on my apps. And I tried dating women for three minutes. <laughs> and I was like, nope, not for me. <laughs> but also, I get it now. All the guys who get up here like, women are so basic in their profile. I get it. It's all like, let's do mountains and brunch. Ugh. <laughs> um, uh, Louis C.K. has this bit about where he says, like, I know I'm not gay because I've never seen a dick I wanted to suck. Well, you know what? I've also never seen a dick I wanted to suck. Thanks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a date right after this, guys. It'll be my... <laughs> My third date since getting out of my old relationship, all with different men. Uh, does this shirt make me look fuckable? <laughs> no, it's just very, no, it's just very poorly made. It's very cheap. <laughs> but this is one of those shirts, this is one of the shirts that I wear where I have to wear those sticky cups. Do you guys, have you ever worn sticky cups, like a sticky cup bra? It's not a real bra. No, yeah, I mean, I can show you if you want. They're like... Uh, so they like, they're like sticky bra to make your boobs like normal so your nips don't stick through. Um, but you can like not see it on the back. Um, but here's the thing. This is very hot and I'm very nervous and I'm sweating (laughs) a lot and I'm kind of afraid they're going to fall off. (laughs) I mean, like, he's going to be like, he's going to like pick them up off the ground and be like, oh, you found my yarmulke. (laughs) Shalom. I've never been in a situation, though, where I had to date a guy after wearing these. Because, like, I, like, when you get in the bedroom, I'm supposed to be like, hold on one second. <laughs> like, <laughs> they make, like, a very suction cup plungery noise when you take them off. Ah. So this guy I'm seeing, this is, okay, that was sort of an exaggeration. This would be the second time I've seen him. Uh, the first time was last weekend. 
So I got super blitzed on Friday, uh, as we do. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of bourbon recently. Yay! Yeah. I think I'm like a raging nationalist since uh, bringing <laughs> since my, my relationship ended, where I'm like, ah, I'm going to go shoot guns and drink bourbon. Um, and I woke up on Saturday morning, and I had a message from a dating app that said, wow, that wasn't what I expected to receive at 3 a.m. I was like, oh, fuck. Because, like, I, I don't, like, I have a couple of drunk alter egos. And so I was like, shit, who came out? Um, and I opened the dating app to see what I sent him at 3 in the morning. And I had sent him, hey, smiley face, nice to meet you. Do you want to get coffee on Sunday morning? Turns out my alter ego is a lot nicer than my actual, like, real personality. Uh, um, but I did show up to the date. And I, I was like, hi, I'm Brooke. And I held out my hand. He's like, ooh, formal. Uh, and so I actually invited him to a show tomorrow, uh, and I invited him here tonight. He wasn't able to make it, hence the drinks after, um, and, uh, but I, and I'm going to, like, call, talk about him on stage, but I don't want to say his name, because then all the other guys I invited will know that each other are there. <laughs> uh, I've been told, though, my friends maintain that I have a type, every guy I've dated, which is true. Now that I think about it, my type is tall, dark, and creepy. <laughs> Uh, which they also make fun of me. F they say I'm a racist because I've only dated white guys. Keep in mind, I've only dated three guys. But they don't call me a sexist that I've only dated guys. <laughs> nah, it was kind of weak. Uh, all right, I got to get out of here. But I will, first, I would like to drink some of this. And cheers to Pam for putting this lovely show on. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> cheers to you. Uh, so I've, you've heard me say this before, but I will say it. In Ireland, I'm, I'm my family's from Ireland. That when they say cheers, they say, do you know what? The, yeah, what did it say? Slancha. They say slancha. But I learned from my family that there's another addendum to it. They say slancha more August Bassanaren, which means cheers. And I hope you die in Ireland. <laughs> which is their way of saying, I hope you get to come home at the end of your life, right? But imagine if we did the same cheers and I hope you die in San Francisco. I hope none of you die ever, so I'll live forever in the beauty and wonderment that is San Francisco. I mean, if we're paying this much for rent, we should be able to live forever, right? Like, that's part of our things. All right, you guys, we are in to our last two amazing comedians. You won't even believe it. Your next comedian's from Florida. Florida man does jokes and survives. <laughs> That's, I mean, Florida man. I love seeing all those things. Florida man, foot eaten by crocodile. And ex-wife having sex with other guy and the child is filming. Florida man! You can get as weird as you want with Florida man, is what I'm saying. Your next comedian is a Florida man, and he is going to blow your minds. Everybody, put your hands together for Fasil Malik! Clap it up for, for uh, Pam Benjamin, hosting. And the million other comics we saw up tonight. <laughs> My Miss Fassel. Fassel means easy in Spanish, easy in French, and in English it means I don't get laid. 
That's right, laugh, because I think it's hilarious also. I actually do get laid. The other day, I went up to my boss, told her she was hot. As a result, I finally got laid off. <laughs> so the country I grew up in, everyone there was either an engineer, taxi driver, or background extra on Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> I'm Pakistani. The biggest benefit of being Pakistani is that the women here instantly think that I'm a doctor. <laughs> Open wide. <laughs> Open your heart, I'm a clean comic. I don't tell F-bombs, I drop bombs. <laughs> On stage. My hobbies include playing soccer, working out, and bragging about being humble. <laughs> I travel a lot. That's why I stopped playing basketball. <laughs> it's a smart joke. That's why they got that. See, so yeah, I asked Sarah if she wanted to play a game of two-on-two in basketball with me. She said she'll pass. which is perfect for me, because I'm one step closer to scoring. <laughs> I'm ambitious. My goal this year is to run a marathon. It's gonna take a lot of hard work and dedication, but my family will finally be proud of me when I prove to them that I'm gonna run my own gas station. I'll have the endurance to run it for 26.2 months. <laughs> My friend told me that her biological clock was ticking, so I sent her to California to save her three hours. <laughs> there, a lot of people are scared to get white hair. Not me, I wanna get white hair. That way I could tell people that I've gone platinum. When I was in college, a cop pulled me over for speeding. I was in a rush to ask a sorority chick out. Good, good, I want that response because I don't ever want to tell that joke again. <laughs> that was perfect. I'm awkward. I can't tell if she's laughing at me or with me. Either way, I'll take it. I'm so awkward that whenever I say hi to people, they offer me weed. I'm a high-energy comic. Takes a lot of energy to disappoint you night after night. You just got fazzled.
I see she's checking out the latest app called Distracted Audience Member. You know it's going well when you get that laugh. That, la that laugh was why I came here from Miami to perform. It's like a callback. <laughs> it's awesome, keep it up. So I'm Pakistani. Did the Pakistani version of How I Met Your Mother. It would be a 30 second clip titled Arranged Marriage. Here's some, actually, I'm Pakistani, but after 9-11, I got smart. I became Brazilian. <laughs> Thank you. We'll have the writers meeting after the show. Yeah, you might want to answer that call. That's your date. <laughs> the reason why I became Brazilian was because I got the wax to blend in. It, it was painful. Here's some comedic advice for you. If you ever see a Pakistani comic leaving the stage, don't go up to him and say, hey, just saw your act, you bombed. Especially at the airport. I don't like telling bombing jokes because there's always that one person out there that has a short fuse. Great, I don't even have to talk and I get laughs. <laughs> the person with a short fuse is me, which is ironic because I'm six foot three. Here's even more comedic advice for you. If you see me at a party, your girl, you find me attractive, don't come up to me and start up the conversation with, hey, do you know where ice is? That's gonna make me say I have no idea because I'm Brazilian. <laughs> How much time do I have left? I just wanna go over your time. <laughs> okay, all right. So my friends told me to go on Tinder. They go, e even I could find a girl to get laid on that site. I go, oh yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> so I created my Tinder profile. Took me three months to get my first match. It's from a Tinder bot asking me if I want to shut my profile down due to lack of activity. <laughs> of course not, I'm no quitter. <laughs> so I grind it out for three more months. I finally get a live match. Clap it up, people. Yay, now I have to figure out how to tell my mother that she'll have to contact me on Tinder in order to invite me over for dinner. 
I saw the craziest thing. This girl did stand-up comedy in nothing but her underwear. She has balls. I got the guy in the back laughing, the DJ. That's great. So I met this girl. She was bragging about how she had sex with so many guys. She's an open mic where everyone gets five minutes. After spending one minute with her, I just wanted the host to give me the light and tell me to wrap it up. I'll give her your number next time. All right, my, my name is Fassel. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, the No Fly List. Fantastic Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Are you guys ready for your headliner? Yeah! I am. He is perpetually single. He is, and it's just, I mean, he's, he's a wonderful human being. He's an amazing, wonderful person, but he's just chosen to take himself off the market. He'll tell you all about it. You guys are going to love it. Strap yourselves in for the hilarity of Chris Kanatsar. Yay! All right. Well, you know, here's the thing. I hope you'll oblige me. Um, I actually have to work on material because I'm getting really rusty. So some of these jokes were written before... I was completely off the market. And then afterwards, I think I think it'll be pretty obvious when you hear the material why I'm single forever now. Uh, but we can delve into it in further detail later. Oh, yeah, i got to time myself. I'm just, sh- it's behind, you're all comics or you've been to comedy shows before. This is just the equivalent of a magician showing you the crushed canary in the little cage. <laughs> what's wrong with, what's wrong with this phone? <laughs> it ha- it has everything I need. It has a stopwatch and it has a delete button. <laughs> All right. I can't believe I'm doing material at Mutiny. I never do material here. I just like talking to folks. But here we go. <laughs> this is what it would be like if you'd paid ten bucks. Thank God you didn't. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of the enemy of the enemy of my enemy is Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. All right, thank you very much. Thanks, that's a good start. (laughs) I am Chris Knatzer. My disdain for current sociolinguistic fads is on fleek. Uh, You probably guessed already just by looking at me. I'm real, real, real good at eating pussy. (laughs) No? And the fellas always ask me after the show, they're like, Chris, how do you get real, real, real good at eating pussy? It's very easy. Just be real, real, real bad at fucking. (laughs) Yeah. Survival. Survival instincts will kick in for you. Do you know who probably dislikes farts the most? Deaf people. <laughs> that one lingers for a second. I, uh, 
I sat down on a park bench for a little bit today uh, to gather my thoughts, and a woman sat down next to me, and she began breastfeeding her small child. And uh, I couldn't help myself, you know, I looked. And uh, she got very perturbed with me, and she said, you know what, sir, I'll have you know that breastfeeding is perfectly natural. And I said, yes, ma'am, I agree. Breastfeeding is perfectly natural, but then again, so is masturbation. <laughs> All right? All right? Right? I don't do that. I don't do that in public under a tiny blanket. <laughs> as much as I would like to right now. <laughs> uh, I am from the great state of Texas. Really? No. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, we're trying. Um, no, and I get it. I understand that's why I'm here. Uh, the thing about uh, my great state of Texas that I'm most ashamed of is our record on reproductive rights. Um, you probably know women in Texas have very limited access to abortion. I find it shameful. Uh, but I have a simple solution if they just listen to me. Brings both sides together, makes everyone happy. All we have to do is rename abortions, y'all. Right? We just call them fun size executions. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See? Brings everyone together. Just take capital punishment and make it lowercase. All right. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I do, I have, uh, I'm sincerely a Texan from a Texas family, we have guns and all that, and I usually do jokes, but today I don't want to because of the, uh, the thing in Clovis, uh, I'm sure you saw, is another mass shooting, and, um, and I'm a dog lover, so it's like extra hard, um, but today, if you didn't hear, and today in Clovis, and my heart, my thoughts go out to all the victims, but uh, teenagers shot up an SPCA in Clovis, and uh, it wounded like eight people, but it killed scores of puppies in their cages. And um, I don't want to make it political, but I really believe uh, that if those puppies had had guns, um, <laughs> the, the proper training. Uh, yeah, it's okay. No puppies died. It's just a joke. No puppies died. Uh, I can't guarantee you, actually, that no puppies died in a horrific fashion today, but that joke, <laughs> that joke is made up. I made that joke up. I, I did. I wrote that joke for my friend Tommy, and uh, this whole month, Veterans Day is this month, I'm dedicating all my comedy to Tommy. Uh, he's my best friend in high school, and uh, his career army man, and his fourth tour in Afghanistan, he got both of his arms blown off. And like, stick with me, it's like trying for the human spirit, I promise. Uh, but they sent him home, and he did like 10 months arduous rehab, and he finally learned to use his legs and his feet and his toes to put a rifle in his mouth and pull the trigger. Oh. All right, yeah, good. Yeah. See? Ah, I told you, I told you it was a happy ending. Good for Tommy. Yeah. No, and don't, listen, don't feel bad, don't feel bad for Tommy. He wrote, he wrote very eloquently in his suicide note. He wrote, just because I'm capable of living a full life without my arms, doesn't mean, I don't know what he wrote, he wrote it with his feet. I, 
<laughs> oh man. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that one's for you, Tommy. Ah, uh, Tommy would love that joke. Um, he would. He would. He would. I uh. Man, I'm getting nostalgic now. I remember like 20 minutes ago, I was outside smoking. That was, that was great. That was great. That was great. I don't know how much time you've spent outside Mutiny Radio, but it is good times. Um, uh, my friends are always up my ass, too. They're, uh, they say, you know, because I smoke a lot of cigarettes and a lot of other stuff. And they say, every cigarette you smoke takes seven minutes off your life. Right? But they never tell you. Those seven minutes come off the end of your life. <laughs> it's no big deal. Ask Tommy. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I love it. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Enough with the doom and gloom and the darkness. Uh, we'll talk about love, right? <laughs> uh, love is the answer. I'm in a relationship, uh, like most relationships, not going well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we keep having the same fights over and over. Uh, my girlfriend always wants me to get in shape, and I always tell her, babe, I'm in shape. I chose pear. Um, <laughs> you like that more than she does. Um, <laughs> anyways, I know it's not just the shape of my body that bothers her. It's also the texture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I'm naked, I look like a snowman rolled across a busy barbershop floor. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You don't know where the carpet ends and the drapes begin. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a grammar problem. My girlfriend's a stickler for grammar. Anybody here? Whoa, oh, God, what a pain in the ass. It's, I mean, it's terrible. I love her, but, you know, I'm not the strongest speller, and proper pronunciation always been my shilly's heel. And I just, <laughs> I was like, it makes, it makes, uh, it makes dirty talk nigh impossible. Uh, tonight, before the show, I nuzzled up behind her and said, ooh, baby, I want to fuck you so bad. She got mad, pulled away, and I corrected my grammar. I said, baby, I want to fuck you so poorly. <laughs> Uh, I know it's what you've been waiting for. The, the, the real problem, I guess, in our relationship, my friends say, uh, my girlfriend's a prostitute. And, um, oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> now, it's, tr it's difficult, uh, you know, especially at night. She comes home from work very late at night, exhausted. And uh, I always massage her feet, which I know is stupid. It's like the only part she's not using. Um, <laughs> that's a gesture. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I always, uh, you know, I always spoon her to sleep. And uh, very often in her sleep, she farts. And very often those farts smell like cologne. Well, I know. Yeah, because all the, all the guys are thinking, wait a minute, when I sneak away from my girlfriend or my wife, go see a lady of the night, I don't douse my genitals with cologne. No, it's coming from their wrists. <laughs> you shouldn't feel good about yourself if you get it. 
Um, <laughs> and if you don't get it or you don't like it, I don't care because it's true. And uh, and I believe I stand by it. I think it's like the the most tender, cutest anal fisting joke you're gonna get <laughs> in the Bay Area probably all year. Certainly during the holidays. <laughs> Hey, all right. That was ten minutes on the nose. That was all I needed to do. No, but that was my that was my no. I know, but that was my jokey joke set. Like I said, thanks for listening to me do material, which is awkward. Um, but now we can actually talk about it because it is about singles. And you said I'm perpetually single, so that's true. Uh, I've made the decision, and that's that. All those jokes are true. They used to be about uh, dating a whore. Um, <laughs> Uh, and she's great. I love her. She's, you can see her if you want to do the research. I won't tell your name, but she is known in San Francisco online as uh, the city's premier provider of BBFS. Some of you pretending not to know, BBFS is bareback full service. No condoms. No condoms. Are any of the young people using condoms? Good. That's the correct answer. I heard a, I heard a, a hearty no over here. You two are using condoms. Please get them out of your life. If there's one thing, it's a dangerous fad. It really is. It's so dangerous. It's, you're like challenging God to a duel, you know? You're slapping him across the face with a dick. A condom, oh, a glove made for a dick. Well, I fucked that line up. I haven't done that in a while. But that's a serious thing. Like, don't use condoms. Uh, you've got to get them out of your life. I never used condoms when I was with her. Uh, consequently, spent a lot of time at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> uh, not an aptly named place. Not a lot of strong planners there. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. Uh, so, yeah, I thought about death. Oh, I was talking about, yeah, I've decided to be permanently single. I only see prostitutes now. Um, <laughs> it's just, and I, you know, I love and respect all women, including amateurs, but, uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> it's true. I think, uh, I think it's very sad that a lot of my best friends, uh, women who I love and respect don't love and respect themselves enough to charge for sex. <laughs> well, that's right. Even if you're in a relationship, just a nominal fee. Or tonight, supposedly everybody's pretty much single here. It's kind of like a mixer. You're not sure how to break the ice? Float a number out there. <laughs> you can get to know each other if you want later. <laughs> but getting to know each other is not why you came here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 